history is written by those who write. And so um, uh, those folks who have all these wonderful experiences out there, if they don't take the time to write, and I'm and specifically, specifically I'm talking about the medics, if they don't take the time to write, then their story is not going to be told. Welcome to the Journal of Special Operations Medicine. I'm your co-host, Alex Merkel. And I'm Josh Randles. And this is where evidence-based medicine meets unconventional warfare. The views and opinions you are about to hear are the speaker's own, and nothing contained herein is to be considered the official opinion of the Journal of Special Operations Medicine or the U.S. government, including the Defense Health Agency, Department of Defense, Department of the Army, Navy, or Air Force. And we're very excited to have the opportunity to chat with the current president of SOMA, Dr. Russ Coatwall, who has done a number of amazing things in the soft community. And Dr. Coatwall, we're excited to speak with you today because of the ongoing and longstanding association between JSOM as the official publication for SOMA, uh, which has gone back a, a number of years. And as a matter of fact, when I was chatting with our publisher, Michelle, She's planning this year to enhance that relationship even further with publishing some of the abstracts from some of the presentations this year, and I know we're looking forward to many more successful years together. For those who are not as familiar with your background and experience, sir, would you mind maybe telling us about some of your involvement with soft medicine over the years? Oh, sure. And first off, I just want to tell you how excited I am to be here, Uh, so thank you very much for having me. So initially came in the military in 1985 was assigned to the 25th Infantry Division, then went off to medical school. And uh, after my residency, initial residency in family medicine, joined right up into the uh, the soft community. And so was assigned to 3rd Ranger Battalion for four years, and then up at uh, Regimental Headquarters for uh, Ranger Regimental Headquarters for five years, and then up at uh, USASOC Headquarters for another two years uh, before ultimately joining the Joint Trauma System. And so I've been working with the Joint Trauma System uh, since that time. Yeah, and if anything, I think you've undersold yourself there. I have certainly enjoyed learning from you through the Joint Trauma Service and have been particularly enamored with some of the uh, patient care scenarios that you have shared, uh, you had in past experience that uh, we'll save for another day, preferably over a frosty beverage. But I can tell you it was certainly entertaining to hear you chatting. No, most definitely. And so it has been an interesting career. And so initially, I think that it, it does help to gain a certain perspective uh, when you're actually out on the objectives conducting those missions at the platoon and company level. And so with those experiences that help to shape uh, the type of research, performance improvement, and policy um, actions that have taken since that time. And so I think that uh, all beneficial for best understanding uh, what the medics go through and uh, those healthcare providers that are involved in pre-hospital care. Absolutely. And you have done just an amazing job of that with a number of really hard-hitting manuscripts, especially through the Joint Trauma Service Registry. But, um, you know, today we are here to chat briefly with the audience about the upcoming SOMSA 2021 Scientific Symposium. And maybe for those who aren't as familiar or haven't attended in the past, you could give us a little bit of uh, background about the history of SOMA and SOMSA and some of the thoughts that you've got going on this year. No, and thank you very much for asking those questions and, and your interest in doing this. So basically, SOMA, or the Special Operations Medical Association, was founded in 1987. 
and it is the only medical association in the world that brings together sort of a unique blend of pre-hospital, tactical, wilderness, austere, disaster, and deployed type medicines. Folks who are interested in reading more uh, can go to the Special Operations Medical Association website and, uh, and look up our history. Now, in conjunction with that history and all the, uh, the folks who have been involved with uh, sort of developing and progressing SOMA into the future, uh, basically what was very important was that we keep fresh uh, our vision, mission, and goals. And we've also posted those on our website. And so our vision is that the Special Operations Medical Association will be, will be the premier professional organization to enhance knowledge, experience, skills, and wisdom of current and future special operations and tactical providers. And so in that definition in itself, think of, uh, of uh, especially our medics, both, this, uh, both our military medics and our civilian medics. And so with our mission is to advance the science, technology, knowledge, and skills of unconventional medicine providers uh, in order to increase the survival, reduce suffering, and speed recovery of those who are injured or become ill during special operations or tactical missions. What we've developed um, recently to support that is five refined goals. All those are listed on our website as well. And all those are in conjunction and done uh, specifically uh, with, uh, with our medics in mind. Uh, and so please, I'd welcome uh, uh, the listener to go to our website and, and review those if you'd like in detail. And, and so in order to support uh, the, the vision, uh, the mission, and, uh, and the goals of our organization, uh, what we have is a board of directors. And there's nine voting members. And what is very nice is that recently we have increased the number of medics that are involved with the board of directors. So we have nine voting members and we have five non-voting members, but all those help to shape what the organization or SOMA does um, in order to provide uh, for our membership and uh, help to focus on, on the medics within our membership. And so looking at uh, the scientific assembly for this year, and so the Special Operations Medical Association a couple years ago sort of refined the name. So it's not just a scientific assembly, but it's a training, education, scientific assembly, and exhibition. So to, to sort of best describe all the things that, uh, that we do when we meet every year. Now last year we weren't able to meet due to issues that occurred globally. And so we did have a virtual event that occurred last fall, but this year we decided to, to go back into in-person, and, uh, and in doing that, uh, we want to do it safely, and right now what we have templated for is our scientific assembly from June 28th through July 2nd of 2021 at Charlotte Convention Center in Charlotte, North Carolina. Now, initially we had this event scheduled for May uh, in person, but uh, as we looked at things and how things were opening up, we said, okay, it might be best for, for doing in-person attendance if we delayed by a month. And so that's what we did. And, uh, and so I think by doing that, that actually helped out, helped out the organization a lot. And so what we're doing right now is we're following guidance from the CDC, from the state of North Carolina, and, uh, and from the convention center itself. And uh, what we've seen is that every week, uh, we're getting updates that show that things are opening up. And so to give you an example, just an update as of yesterday is that, uh, is that we will be able to open up the on-site in-person registration as well. 
now it looks like we're going to be able to open up uh, to, to almost normal to, to what we're doing for our scientific assembly, which is very, very exciting. And, uh, and so we'll continue to keep folks updated through updates every week or every other week, um, however frequently as necessary. Uh, but we're sure excited about having an in-person event uh, here in Charlotte. And so as we look at that event and uh, what's very, very exciting about the scientific assembly is that what folks may have realized as well is that what we try to do is migrate to more practical and hands-on type training. In other words, labs. And so if you look at our program schedule for 2021, you'll see that we've got hands-on training labs from the first day and optional labs throughout the whole event so that folks can gain experience as they attend Uh, the scientific assembly this year. Yes, we will still have our general sessions, and yes, we'll still have our breakout sessions, and uh, and we've got all that available on our website. And so uh, from our opening ceremony on the general sessions, uh, what uh, will also be very exciting exciting is the the speakers that we have attracted again to the scientific assembly. And for me, one of the big highlights that I have enjoyed through the years is the combat medic vignettes. And so that's the raw presentations that comes from the the medics from from recent deployments. And uh, and I'm sure looking forward to that once again uh, during this scientific assembly. Uh, the other thing that we're going to have this year for our Tom Deal Memorial Lecture is uh, is Dr. Thomas, who is from USIS, president up there. And, uh, and I think with his lecture and what he's going to bring and the things that he can talk to medics and our whole uh, membership about from a USIS standpoint, I think, uh, and their support for our organizations and for our medics is going to be outstanding. And so, Alex, uh, beyond that, are there any other questions in reference to the program? No, that's just a, a wonderful rundown. And if I may, for those medics out there who are just beginning to become aware of all the outstanding education, training, and support that SOMA does, it's my understanding, and, and I'd love for you to provide some clarification, but um, SOMSO was actually the original funder for the PFC working group and gave them some working capital and, and allowed them to really stand up that, what has turned into an amazing resource for the soft medic. Is that right? You're exactly right. And so there was a prolonged field care group that originated out of SOCOM. And, uh, and what they did was uh, uh, was they had great ideas, but they needed a platform. And, uh, and so what we did out of the Special Operations Medical Association and, and our scientific assembly is we provided them the opportunity for meetings and meeting space uh, during our assemblies. And then also developed a website to support all the initiatives that came out of that. And then that website is still going on as we speak. And uh, and we still have speakers that are continuing to provide great information. Um, and you're very welcome to visit that uh, the website, prolongfieldcare.org. And that has also migrated to the Department of Defense as a whole, as the Joint Trauma System has, uh, has now got a prolonged care group that is taking many of those initiatives that were started at SOCOM and out of SOMA and, uh, and are now being migrated to the Department of Defense as a whole. And, uh, and with that, as you know, with things that occur at the Department of Defense, it also translates to the civilian sector. And so um, I'd be remiss if I didn't mention a couple of the names that were involved with that, including uh, Dr. Jamie Reesberg 
as well as uh, Dr. Sean Keenan and, uh, and many, many others that, uh, that were involved in that process for prolonged field care. Uh, the other thing I wanted to mention is that, please, I would like everybody to know that Dr. Kyle Remick, who's out of the Uniformed Services University, and Dr. Uh, Elliot Ross are our two program chairs for this year, and they've done an outstanding job of being flexible and, uh, and providing for our upcoming um, uh, program and scientific assembly. And so uh, a lot of thanks uh, to them uh, that we've been able to do the things that we've done and attract to the folks that uh, we've needed to uh, for our scientific assembly. Yeah, I'll, I'll certainly footstomp you. You sure are right. The programming for this has required, I think, an extensive soft level of background for dynamically responding to a kinetic enemy, which has uh, been COVID and the COVID restrictions this year. Uh, but I would be remiss if I didn't mention all of the outstanding lab opportunities that are going to be available this year. And I'm just looking through them on the website. But there are some of the tried and true classics, such as the cadaveric lab from Scotty Bulleter that we all know well. The uh, relatively new fundamentals of critical care support for a resource-limited environment, which I just really enjoyed that course. Um, there's some canine tactical combat casualty care, the ever-popular CONTOMS course, some wilderness medicine courses, some technical rescue courses, uh, just some really, really great opportunities for hands-on practice training and experience with a great group of people. And then I am curious if you might be interested in speaking about the brand new track that was just up this year with the austere surgery. No, and, and that is, uh, um, no, thank you very much for saying those words. Um, I think that we have a, a great group of individuals that are talking on that track, whether that's uh, Jerome Benavides and talking about surgical resuscitation decision-making in a resource-constrained environment, which is extremely important for for smaller teams, uh, the folks that are definitely in an austere area, covering some of that prolonged field care. Uh, we, we've got uh, um, other folks uh, like Stephanie Williams uh, that's going to be talking about a case report of combat casualties in uh, an austere environment in East Africa. Uh, we've got uh, austere anesthesia uh, by Kevin Worth. Uh, we've got, uh, of course, uh, Stacey Shackelford, who's the chief of the Joint Trauma System, that's going to be talking about an analysis of epidemiology capabilities and outcomes of small surgical teams. Uh, we've got uh, um, lessons learned during prolonged care, combat casualties by minimally manned surgical team, and that's going to be Rich uh, Lesperance. And then also you've got Peter um, Bedox that's going to be talking about utilization of uh, compass for, for Ruboa. And so we've got all sorts of important things um, uh, in that respect. And we also do have things uh, dealing with, uh, with, like you had talked about before, with the pandemic. And so we've got Dan Grabo that's talking about special operations clinical training uh, at a civilian academic medical center during the COVID-19 pandemic as well. So there's a whole uh, variety um, of different things that we're going to talk about. And I'm sure excited about that track. Uh, do you have anything else that you wanted to say about the AFRICOM experience? Yeah, we're sure looking forward to sharing our experience out here with the larger audience. Thank you so much for your time and insight here today, but more importantly for the strategic and policy level work that you have accomplished after a successful career taking care of our wounded soldiers, sailors, and airmen on the battlefield. Really appreciate all you do for your community. I am reminded of a wonderful quote I heard from Luis Benitez a number of years ago, who's a world-renowned mountain climber. And how he ended one of his conversations is said he has found happiness in life as being of service to the community love. And I certainly find that through your work today and over years past. Thank you so much for your time today, sir. Alex, thank you very much. 
is Sophia Rodriguez, Director of Marketing and Social Media Communications for the JSON. I want to encourage our listeners to follow us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and LinkedIn at JSON Online, and to sign up to receive our free e-newsletter on our website at jsononline.org. We love hearing from our subscribers and followers and welcome your feedback and suggestions. Thank you.